This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's activeskinrepair.com use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order activeskinrepair.com code shameless This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 838. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 838. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, Shameless Moms. Happy Monday. If you're listening in live time, it is officially the new year. So happy 2024. I hope I'm one of the first people that gets to be in your ear in 2024. It's always a pleasure and an honor to be in your ear at any time. So I'm delighted to be here today, whether it's the very beginning of the year or you're listening to this a little bit later at some other time. So we're going to talk about what moms need most in 2024. And my purpose here is to give you some insight into what your needs might be that you can't quite articulate yourself. And I know that what this can look like a lot of times is people will say like, what do you need right now? And you're so in the muck that you don't know. And I've been there a million times where I'm like, I don't know what I need. Like I know life as it's going right now is like not sustainable, but I don't know what I need because I'm just too in it right now. And to like try to explain to someone what I need, that would just take too much time and energy. Like I don't need that. (laughs) And so I'm hoping that this will be helpful in terms of maybe helping you identify some needs. But I also think that this episode will be really helpful in terms of how we hold space for one another. One of the things I know can happen as we are mothering and in our own muck is that sometimes we're so in our own stuff that we 
aren't really good at holding space for other women and other moms, and especially honoring different people needing different things at different times, or we're not good at remembering that, oh, remember how it was when babies are babies. And so, you know, you have a seven-year-old and you want to go out for drinks with a girlfriend and they're like, no, I'm just too tired. And you're like, but wait, why? (laughs) And like, you don't remember what it was like to be so bone tired. And so I think that when we can recognize what we need collectively, then we can be more supportive of one another and look out for one another and also be more supported by one another, which can feel really, really good. And I have to say, I'm in this fortunate situation where I have a number of mom friends in various capacities who I connect with on different levels, but some of them who I connect with on like really specific needs related to myself or my child, they're so quick to say, I see you and I know how hard that is. And I've been there or like I was just there last night with my kid. And those relationships, just like knowing who that person is where I can go to and say like, this is what happened last night. Do you even believe it? And they're like, yeah, I believe it. Like, same can be so helpful. And so I want to talk through a handful of things today in hopes that we can all hold space for one another. But also if you are in this place of needing some of these things that we're going to talk through, that you then can articulate, go out to the people around you and say, hey, this is what I need right now and get the support that you need. So we're going to walk through five different potential areas of need. And I want you to think through what might resonate with you, what might be a starting point for you. And my purpose is not to give you homework. My purpose is not for you to feel like, oh, now I have to like go find all these things or fill all these gaps or, you know, find support for all these needs. My purpose is more for you to recognize, oh, I don't have to go it alone. Or I can talk about this openly. It's okay to talk about this openly. It's okay to ask for help for this. It's important to ask for help for this. Sometimes I think when we ask for help in front of other people, it models that that is okay. And it gives other people permission to do the same. And that is a gift to everyone because no one wins by going it alone. But sometimes we've been raised by caregivers who went it alone and, or we don't feel like we have like the right supports in place. And so we don't reach out and lean on people. And sometimes it can be really surprising who will show up when you reach out. And I've been on the receiving end of this and also the giving end of this. I've been on the receiving end when I needed something and I didn't even put it out there in a huge public way and people just started showing up. And this has happened with our family a lot while my husband's been laid off. But then there's also times where someone who's not super close to me needs something and I catch wind of it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I know the thing that can help that person. Let me show up and give them the resource or provide the support or whatever the thing is. And like, we don't have to be best friends in order for me to show up for you. And I think when we can do that, it really it's a way for us to model to others how we can all show up for each other and how we can really coexist in this within this philosophy that we all belong to each other. And I think we would all benefit from moms upholding that a little bit more. So the first thing I want to talk about, the first thing that moms need most right now is help with responsibilities. <laughs> and we all want help, right? And sometimes we are lacking in help because we are I'm fine, I'll do it myself kind of people. And I'm one of those people. And sometimes we're lacking in help because we resources are just hard to come by or they're expensive or we don't even know quite what we want to ask for. And again, we just feel like, oh, it's just faster if I do it myself than try to find someone and let them know how to do it. And I mean, I've had this so many times with, you know, getting help in the household around different tasks where I'm like, it's just going to take too long to figure out the right person to do it. I'll just do it myself. Or it's going to take too long to divide it up amongst family members. We actually went through this like 
in the summer, I think it was, where we decided that we were going to put together this new chore arrangement. And my husband was so great. He put together a spreadsheet of all the chores in the household that need to be done on a weekly basis. And then we divided them all up among myself, my husband, and Vinny. And it was so great to be like, oh, so you're going to do that and you're going to do that. It was like so supportive, but it was also this really visual way of seeing that everyone's carrying their a load here. And it didn't feel like I had to be the default person. And that felt really, really good to me. And you know, I have a family who, well, I have a husband who will step up and help with things all the time, not so much the child. So I have a husband who's like, yeah, like I want to be participating in all the things that need to happen in the household, obviously. But to have it on paper and to be like, this is what the system is, then it felt like no, no one person had to be responsible for even like the knowing of the system or the working of the system. It's like we all are jointly upholding the system. And that feels really different than having one person be in charge of it. So, you know, in terms of buy-in from a kid, eh, you know, up and down. <laughs> Definitely a bit of a roller coaster on that, but it's all on paper. And so we all uphold it. The other piece around help with responsibilities can be around, you know, engaging childcare, engaging after school support. We've had different arrangements with that with different families at times, like doing trades and having activities and carpooling and all these different kinds of things where it's been so freeing to feel like, oh, I can help this family do this thing and they're going to help our family do that thing. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, we don't all have to do like, you know, 10 carpools for sports things this week. Instead, each of us does like two. And that's really, really lovely. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters. And are specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this is, show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is 
around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. The other thing that we have to talk about here is flexible work arrangements. So when we talk about help with responsibilities, we cannot ignore that this is something that employers should also be supporting. And, you know, not everyone would agree with that. Some employers would say like, hey, like, you know, your family's your own business and that's not our job. And also, if we're going to treat people as full human beings, which I hope we are, we need to recognize that full human beings have full entire lives. And if we can't honor them, and their layers of identity beyond how they show up in the work or what hats they wear in the workplace, then we're not really participating in the world as an organization in a super healthy, helpful, or productive way. And there's a decent chance that we might be doing harm in our within our organization in terms of prejudicial harm, discriminatory harm, by not allowing people to show up as their full selves, by not allowing people to get their needs met in order to show up as their and produce and do their duties in the most productive, most effective way possible. So if we have really, really strict arrangements around who can do what, where and from where and when, then we're saying that Only select people can work here because only select people can meet these working arrangements. And that often looks like discrimination. (laughs) And so we have a lot of moms specifically or primary caregivers who may or may not be moms, but this can also be fathers. It can be non-binary parents. It can be primary caregivers who might be extended family members. It can be foster care or foster parents. It can be all sorts of different, you know, primary care people and primary caregivers. But if we are not allowing people to show up in that role as a primary caregiver, we like there's a bigger problem to address. And this also, I will say, this is not just like primary caregiving for children, it's also for aging parents. So we're looking at caregiving as we need to be looking at caregiving around like, how are we creating a work environment where the majority of people in this environment are gonna be caregivers in some way, And how are we honoring that like, that's a really important part of what they do. And they're only better people for it. (laughs) And versus this idea that like, they're going to be a nuisance, or they're going to be difficult or cumbersome to work with, because they might have needs that preclude them from showing up at a meeting at 330 on a Wednesday. So that's the first thing we need help with responsibilities. And we need like collective acknowledgement that 
Caregivers need help with responsibilities. And moms who tend to be primary caregivers and tend to be default parents, meaning that they are the people that most of the stuff lands on, whether it's meeting physical needs of the kids, meeting meal needs of the kids, meeting emotional needs of the kids, meeting activity needs of the kids, managing households, like all those things. If that all is falling on a mom, then that is a ton of responsibility. And so acknowledging that that work typically does fall on mother figures and that default role is a huge role to carry. I enjoy that role in so many ways, but also I wanna be like honored for what that, how that role interferes sometimes with the things that I really wanna be doing that are for me or that are for my business growth that are for like just me to, you know, like take a deep breath and exhale. So that's the first thing, help with responsibilities. The next thing that moms need most right now in 2024 is validation and recognition and support and understanding. So when we can recognize and appreciate the hard work that we all put in every day and let each other know that we see that, oh my goodness, so, so helpful. So whether this is a partner recognizing and validating you, your in-laws, your sister-in-law, your parents, whether it's someone in your workplace saying like, gosh, I love that you leave and coach your kid's team. And by the way, (laughs) because I just gave that example, I have to say, when dads leave to coach their kid's soccer team, they are given all the accolades. Oh, Jim, Jim leaves two days a week to coach a soccer team. Like, isn't that so cute? He leaves a little early, but oh, he's such an involved dad. No one ever says, when a mom says, I need to leave on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 3.30 to coach my kid's soccer team, no one is like, oh my gosh, Jenny, she is such an involved mom. Isn't that so cute? That's not happening. That's not the way that we talk about moms going and serving their children in these different ways. When dads do it, it's like this really cute thing that all of a sudden they're like up on a pedestal and they're to be held in this place of honor and prestige and like deep sacrifice. And when moms do it, it's like, ugh, Jenny can't come to the meeting again. Like it's just this very different vibe. And so we need to really recognize and uphold and appreciate and recognize the work that all caregivers are doing and also letting them know, like, I see you and I love that you're doing that. That's so awesome. Or if I got to do that, you know, I did that way back when, when my kids were younger or that must, you know, what is that like? Is that stressful? It sounds like it might be a little bit fun, but also stressful. Or if you see, you know, I've had this opportunity a lot in recent years, knowing that moms are navigating really challenging seasons with their kids and being able to say like, oh, I know this has been like a really long road and I totally see how hard you've had to work for this and how much kind of you know, uncovering you've had to do to make sure that your kid needs gets what they need and recognizing that because a lot of times that's so invisible. It's so invisible, the stuff that we do that no one sees and it can be really, really chronic. So for someone to see what you're doing and to be like, oh my gosh, like I see that you got through that or I see that you figured that out or I see that you did that thing and it looks like it was really rewarding or really fun all that needs to be acknowledged. I know now when I talk to families about like going on vacations, it's like, wow, like, were you exhausted by the time you got there? Is like what I say to the moms often, because I'm like, I know what it takes to try to get everything ready to go on vacation and then have to go through the transition of like whatever the travel is. And then you get there and you're like, oh my God, I'm so tired. Maybe we shouldn't have come. (laughs) I've and in the days leading up to vacation, I've felt that so many times where I'm like, why are we even doing this? Like this is too hard. I'm trying to do two weeks worth of work in one week and pack 
and plan meals and double check travel and like all these other things. It feels like so much. So now and I'm recording this right before holiday vacations are starting. And I, as I've been talking with other moms, we've been joking around like we know a few people who are, you know, going to Hawaii for the holidays or things like that. And I'm like, good luck getting there. Like, I know you'll be exhausted for day one and day two. Hopefully by day three, it subsides. So that recognition and validation can be really, really helpful for us to see each other and hold space for each other. And then also for support and understanding. We have needs for emotional support that often go unaddressed. And if we could um, have those emotional needs met, things can feel so differently. And it doesn't take much. It's just like a little bit. My husband's really great about recognizing like, oh, I know you did a lot. We've recently had to figure out a lot of things in terms of medical insurance because of his unemployment. And well, I've done a lot of it because it's, I think it's just easier for me to understand. But I also have a clearer sense of what we need as a family. And especially when it comes to insurance coverage for a child on top of some other stuff. And so I've just been doing it. But he's said the other day, he's like, thank you so much for figuring that out. Like, he's like, I know that's such a pain. I know it's like the worst thing. It's the worst thing in the world, having to call insurance companies to figure things out. So he was like, thank you so much for figuring that out. Like, you know, he's doing other things. And I'm so glad like he's doing other things I don't want to do. So that emotional support of just recognizing like, oh, you did that task. It's like the suckiest task. Thank you. So recognition that, that you're being seen for what you're doing, especially if it's the sucky thing. <laughs> The next thing moms need most heading into 2024 is resources, information, and access to community networks of parents in similar situations. We need resources and information that is not just doing a Google search. So I know all of you are like me and you are like just a few credits short of having your medical degree from Google University because all you do all day long is Google. You're all your concerns about everything with your child and yourself. And like, you know, all the things there are to know about all the things on the internet, because you have to use the internet for all your resources, which can be great and can also really mess up your head and freak you out. (laughs) And so having resources, having a doctor say like, hey, this thing is happening. I want to refer you out to this person. So helpful instead of you trying to Google it, right? Having your school say, hey, For parents who need more of this, here's where we point you to. And that's so helpful. Like this happened with our school recently where we were in a conversation, actually it was last year, and we were talking about like sex ed curriculum and blah, blah, blah. And they were like, we just send everyone to the Seattle Children's class. It's called The Chat. Everyone, We send everyone there. It's great. It's like the most renowned program in the city. And I was like, oh my God, it's so nice to just have like one answer. Like I'm not having to do a ton of research and weigh the pros and cons of 17 different programs. And it was just super easy. And I was so grateful. They're like, Oh, we've sent people there for years. And then I asked a few other parents and they're like, Oh, yeah, we did it. It's fantastic. And it was like, Oh, okay, like, (laughs) I didn't have to figure that whole problem out on my own. So having resources and information that can take place of the Google searches and the Google rabbit holes that we get ourselves into. This episode is supported by Mysteries About True Histories, a podcast for your kiddos. So from the creators of the hit podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs, making learning cool. This podcast is perfect for ages six and up and new episodes drop every Thursday, each stacked with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. I love a show 
where as a parent, you're like, hey, let's listen or watch this or whatever. And your kids are thinking they're like getting extra device time or what have you. And you're like, they're learning right now. So it feels like such a big win. So I want you to go check out Mysteries About True Histories wherever you listen to podcasts. You can tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast. So go check out Mysteries About True Histories to listen in and have some fun with your kid while they learn today. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. The other piece is having access to community networks of parents in similar situations. So there's this really fantastic parent Facebook group here in Seattle that has like 11,000 parents and it's parents from multiple neighborhoods. It's supposed to be like a combination of parents from three different neighborhoods here, but it's like gotten much broader than that. But what is so helpful is that you can go into that group and you can research what you're having an issue with or what you have a question on. So you can Google like, you know, airplane safety with a two-year-old. And all these posts will come up from the last couple of years of like all these people saying like what they, uh, the other related questions to airplane travel with a two-year-old and then everyone's answers. Like get this harness or do this or take this car seat or whatever. And it's so great to be able to go in there and just see like, oh, all these other parents who were in this really similar situation, this is what they did. So valuable. We've also had questions in there. One of the conversations that's happening just over and over again in there right now is resources for ADHD. And So, so many families are like, okay, like I've seen other threads, but I can't get in anywhere. And my child, I want my child to be assessed. Are there any current places that are taking children for assessments? And it'll be like, hey, this person used to have a wait list, but now they don't. Or hey, like here's who where we've gone or this wait list was shorter. Like just it's this like real time support that is so, so helpful. And also other people chiming in and saying plus one for that doctor or plus one for this resource. And then you get all the, and I mean, it's anything from like Botox recommendations to ADHD referrals to Christmas gifts, like so many things in there. And it's, I feel like I need to do like a gratitude post because I feel like this is like my own, it's my own place where I go to find so much information because people share so generously in there. And you can ask questions anonymously, which then also really creates the space for a lot of really powerful conversation and people being really, really generous with resources. And so where you have that place that you can go, what often happens from there is that then from that group, people will say, oh, hey, you know, you were a- you're asking about kids with dysgraphia. Here's a resource. Here's this other Facebook group or here's this community resource. Like we go to the Center for Dysgraphia and they have a parent coaching group there with parents of kids with dysgraphia. And 
it just goes on and on and on to be able to tie into parents in a similar situation to you at the same time as you. I've talked about this so much over the years, but when Vinny was first born, the most significant thing during that season to me was being in a parent group with other people who had babies born around the same time as me. I had a ton of friends who had babies like three years before me. And when they had three-year-olds, they were all about like, oh, snuggling with the baby. It's so cute and it's so sweet. And you're like lucky that you get to do that because we don't get to do that anymore because three-year-olds, they just want to run around. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm not feeling so lucky right now. (laughs) This is really, really hard. And it's not sweet snuggles. It's mostly a lot of screaming and crying and like breast milk not coming in and being able to go to a group of parents every week for 12 weeks where we all had babies born within a month or so of each other. And we were all like, yeah, like this is not sweet. (laughs) And everyone's like, oh, the snuggles. But like, that's not what it is. And that was, I swear, like life saving in that moment to be able to Find those people that are in the same situation at the same time. So that's what parents need. We need resources and information and access to community networks of parents that are in the same season as us, needing the same thing. And especially if you have a situation where you, your child, your family has really specialized or specific needs in this moment, it's just, it's so critical and so important. And so then if you're in that situation, tapping into your community to find those community networks ask on social media, ask in private Facebook groups, like ask your doctors and other service providers where you can get what you need so that you can tap into those places where the resources and information and support, just even emotional support is right there waiting for you. The next thing that moms need most in 2024 is open communication. We need open communication. And here's the thing, what has to preclude open communication is safety and trust. And if we don't have safety and trust in our relationships, then we are not going to even risk open communication. It feels way too risky. Things could go sideways way too quickly. So we have to know what what relationships are our safe and trusting relationships. And then once we know where those are, then we can go to those people and say, hey, here's what I need right now. And you might find that those relationships, those safe and trusting relationships are few and far between. So my recommendation in those situations or my invitation is to say to those people who are in that safe, trusting place with you, you're my safe person. You're my, like, this is a safe and sacred relationship with, for me. And I so appreciate the way that I feel seen, heard, and held by you. And thank you for being the place where I can be transparent so that they will understand what that means. Like they will, that relationship will be a position of honor for them. And they will continue to hold that space for you, especially if you don't have very many places where that is happening. I'm in a Marco Polo group with two other, they're entrepreneurs. They're also do work very similar to mine. And we communicate daily, um, our Marco Polo. And we are constantly like, thank you for being my people. Like we are this safe, trusted little group of three that it feels like we can say anything to, we can show up crying and screaming and snot running down our face, or we can show up and celebrate, or we can show up and be a little bit catty if we want to, if we're like feeling a little sassy about something. Um, It's just this really fantastic place that we can show up and be whoever we need to be that day and know that it's like no judgment, we're going to be supported, or we're going to be someone will laugh with us or someone will advise us if we want that. And that is so affirming and so helpful. And it's also it feels so good to know where those places are. So I have that place for my entrepreneurial friends. I have that place with a couple other podcasters in the mom space. I have that place with, you know, friends who I've had forever and ever and ever, who if I have a family situation going on or whatever, I'm like, hey, like you're my person. Like, can we go for a walk kind of a thing? And then the last thing, the last thing that people that moms need right now most in 2024 is opportunities for personal growth, because this always gets bumped off the list. It's (laughs) 
<laughs> like who has time to read books about personal growth or take the classes or do the things? But we need these opportunities because when we are so nose down focused on raising children and often concurrently or simultaneously raising our career, growing in a career, we sometimes totally forget to take a pause to look at where we've been, where we're at, and where we're going. And if we can have some facilitation through that to look back and be like, wow, I did all those things. And wow, I'm in this moment and I'm like enduring and I'm being resilient, I'm being strong and I'm being tenacious. And what does all that mean for how I can move forward? That can change the course of how we move forward. So having opportunities for personal growth, whether it's listening to free podcasts or getting audiobooks or doing group programs as we've done in the Shameless Mom Academy many times over the years, or it's through getting resources at work, whether it's career development or leadership opportunities, or pursuing your own interests just for you to personally grow in terms of what you see yourself capable of. You know, for me, it's been skiing, it's been returning to triathlons, it's, you know, done been other things over time. But what does personal growth, what can that look like for you in a way that is affirming and energizing and also amplifying in terms of amplifying like how you show up in the world and how you can get your cup filled in ways that feel really, really good and also gives you a shift in perspective in terms of what you see as possible and what you see um, in terms of your own potential moving forward. So those are are the things that moms need most right now. This invitation for you is for you to tune into what you think resonated most and go find that thing for yourself. Go create that thing for yourself over the course of the next month or two as we dig into this year. This doesn't need to be a today thing. I know, you know, the very beginning of the new year is like we all try to do all the things all at once and then we do none of them or they all fall apart. So let it just be like over the next couple months, pick one of these things and tap into that. And also share this list with the people closest to you to be like, hey, In case you were wondering what I need most right now, it's these five things. I need help with responsibilities. I need validation and recognition and understanding and support. I need resources and information and access to community networks. I need open communication. I need opportunities for growth. Like these are things that we should be able to really explicitly say that we need and have no shame about them because we all need them. All of us, every single one of us, you're not alone. I promise every single one of us needs these things. So I hope this was helpful. I hope that you can share this out with other moms in your circle, other caregivers in your circle, and maybe even partners and loved ones. And please know that I know it's not easy, but I am in this with you always. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. 
Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us.